Sitting back, relaxing, and talking sports with the guys. Hey, we're just men doing manly things. Light up a cigar and have a brew with the starting lineups Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. For the next 60 minutes, it's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal. Well, look at you. You made it to the end of your work week. Time for the weekend festivities to begin. Maybe that's Tennessee on the plains at Auburn tomorrow at noon. Maybe that's listening slash watching a little Tennessee baseball down in a big-time tournament in Texas. Maybe that's catching up on some XFL Week 3. That's what I'll be doing a little bit. Cardell Jones, XFL MVP through two weeks. Matt McGloin, not so much for the New York Guardians. Just a little bit of uh, XFL news and notes in there for you. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, sidebar, I mean, I'm... I check in on I watch a little bit of the games. It is what it is, but hey, it's football, so that's, that intrigues me. Eric Kane here on the Gentleman's Hour podcast. No Tyler Robbins. Uh, today, Tyler and Will are doing this bit where, you know, they're they're mayors of Knox County or whatever. Hey, I make jokes, but really there was a or an organization, you know, reading in books, and I do apologize. I, I don't remember the name of the organization because, quite frankly, I don't pay attention to a lot uh, during my show. I kind of have my own thing going on. When they ask me to come in and discuss things on the show, I do. A lot of times they call for me, and I do hear them, but it takes me a couple minutes to get uh, what is going on, the gist of the conversation, because I am doing a separate thing while they're doing their show. I am uh, cutting audio. I'm doing my own thing. I'm, you know, it's all for the show. But nonetheless, I've been talking about this this book drive, book drive, book drive. Did, did it for a couple of weeks, and uh, Tyler and Will did a good job. They challenged uh, Mary Glenn Jacobs, meaning who could raise the you know, the most books for this charitable drive for, you know, local schools around Knox County, Tyler and Will won. And because they won, they get to be honorary Knox County mayors for the day. So Tyler is off doing that. And I don't really know what all that entails, but uh, wanted to get out here and get you guys a podcast. We've been really hit or miss. And I say hit or miss It's born. A, it's been a whole lot more miss here lately. Um, you know, really since uh, the end of football season with the holidays, uh, you know, there was a couple weeks weekends ago where we we're going to do it on a Friday, but I got called in to do sports 180 last or two weeks ago. I was super sick last week. Tyler was out of town. There's always something, but I wanted to get this out here to you, uh, give you a little content on your ride home here on a Friday evening, or maybe you're up early Saturday morning, you know, out and about doing whatever. If you're up Saturday morning, you're listening to this right now between the hours of eight and 10, turn on 99.1 FM and listen to, uh, Listen to me on the radio, but nonetheless, appreciate you guys, whatever you're doing right now for listening to this podcast. So Tyler will be back next week. Yeah, he's at Tyler Robbins on Twitter. Mr. Stancil at John underscore Stancil will be back next week. He's been doing a little traveling as well. But I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and checking it out. Uh, following all my work at underscore Kaner at Kaner on air. That's the Facebook page. Rate, view, like, subscribe, whatever you want to do. I've got the uh, Producing the Facts podcast that drops every single Monday afternoon. Uh, and that is now an hour long on FM 99.1, the Sports Animal. Every Monday night from eight, or excuse me, from seven uh, to not, to eight o'clock, I come in at the tail end of Sports Talk and lead you right into Vol Calls. So uh, it's a it's a lot of fun there. A couple things on the docket here in about ten minutes. The the bulk of the show is going to be a conversation I held with Mick Gillespie. Uh, Mick is the play by play broadcaster for the Tennessee Smokies. Does a lot of work for the uh, for the SEC Network uh, Plus in this area. He calls. 
um, a lot of uh, uh, Alabama baseball. He is a part of the uh, the Alabama football radio network as well. He's all over the place, and he has a big part in uh, the Cubs organization in terms of being an extra voice on hand. He has called um, a number of uh, spring training games the last you know ten years or so with Lynn Casper. He is out in the Phoenix area, out in Arizona for Cactus League action. Cubs, along with you know every other major league ball club in America. Uh, kicking off spring training, I said spring practice, spring training here, and uh, I want to get his thoughts. It, there's a major announcement coming up to uh, the launching of the uh, the sports network that he's a part of, so he'll tell you all about that, tell you a little bit about the Chicago Cubs, and just what all is going on with him, man. It, it's fun to get to talk uh, baseball with Mick. He was my former partner on a show we did on Saturdays here at the Sports Animal. That was a couple years ago, and uh, he's he's been really good to me. He's a friend in the industry. I'm very thankful for him. He's helped me out a lot. And, you know, the mention I get to go over and call a couple games at Smoky Stadium every year. So I'm uh, I'm very appreciative of that as well. So going to catch up with Mick Gillespie. He's out in Arizona. Uh, he is going to uh, give me uh, kind of the rundown of what's going on right now in Cubs camp. And so I'm really excited about catching up with him there as well. And also get his thoughts about, you know, what's going on with Major League Baseball right now. Uh, you guys think I don't like Rob Manfred. <laughs> Your boy Mick Gillespie does not like Rob Manfred at all. Real quick before I get into that conversation, that is a lengthy conversation, by the way. It's about 30 minutes, and so uh, you're not going to hear from a lot from me right now before, but I do want to talk about uh, something that became uh, public yesterday, and that is the uh, somewhat of the lineup for the 2020 SEC Media Days. That'll be July 13th through the 16th uh, later on this summer. We do know that Tennessee's Jeremy Pruitt will be a day three speaker. Uh, he will join Nick Saban of Alabama, Sam Pittman of Arkansas, and Mike Leach of Mississippi State. So the league trying to bury the boring guys, or the boring guy, if you will, because I think Sam Pittman will be quite a hoot uh, to, to hear from uh, during his first uh, SEC Media Days as head coach. That being said, Pittman, formerly of uh, Georgia, now of Arkansas. And if you follow him on social media, you know what I'm talking about. Of course, he's been around for quite some time as well. So that is day three. Again, it's Nick Saban, Sam Pittman, Mike Leach, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State, as well as Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee. <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts on that? Good for Jeremy Pruitt. He doesn't like this whole media circus at all. It's his worst thing to do. If you remember last year, he got up there and, and filibustered for 30 minutes, kind of going through each position on his team and, and talking about all of his players, and that was his approach to fill the 30 minutes of time that he was allotted. All the attention is going to be on Nick Saban. All the attention is going to be on Mike Leach. Sam Pittman will create some attention for himself, and Jeremy Pruitt is the boring guy. You're a Tennessee fan listening right now. He's like, who cares? Preseason, don't care. I don't, I don't want the hype. To, you know, I don't care. Jeremy Pruitt don't care. I don't know why I'm making that boys. I do apologize. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. Uh, that's just the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, but anyway, you're right. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt doesn't care. Uh, the SEC media days doesn't really mean anything. But keep in mind, you say this every you say this every year. It's like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. That's oh, not a big deal. But when you're sitting there mid July and football season is so close you can almost taste it. And you've been so hungry for something since the end of spring practice. You haven't had your football fix. You're about to go crazy. SEC Media Days, you know, itches that scratch. Okay? Uh SEC Media Days is all that and more. By the way, and you know, shameless plug, I don't I don't really care. If you don't follow <laughs> If you don't follow our station account on Twitter, if you're not a frequent uh, visitor to our website, 991thesportsanimal.com, if you don't follow me on Twitter, at underscore Kaner, 
I mean, we were constantly, especially during that week, especially during that week, not, not, you know, not to mention throughout the week regardless, but especially that week, audio, 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 every single interview. Because, yes, you may see a head coach get in front of the media and speak at a podium uh, with his team's logo behind him, uh, but that is only one interview. The coach goes on to do about five or six more that day. We get every single interview every single year. Not just from Tennessee, no, but from Arkansas to Ole Miss to the Mississippi States to the Kentuckys, every single player, every single coach. Okay? A lot of times, and then there's additional. Jimmy will get one-on-ones with Cole Kublik, with uh, Paul Feinbaum, with you know whoever, Commissioner Sankey. Jimmy will get a one-on-one interview with President Trump if he was there. That's just, that's just the kind of pool that Jimmy has, as well as Josh Ward. So we get every single allotted interview during that you know radio road type situation to where there's a radio room, a TV room, a writer's room. We're all the way around there on the ground getting every single interview from every single player. We upload it to our website and tweet it out and all that stuff. So if you don't follow us that week, you know what are you really doing here? But point being, you get all of that stuff that week, and that just really tides you over until camp starts. And so, you know, you're thinking, oh, Jeremy Pruitt, he's going to be sandwiched around. You know, all the attention is going to be on Nick Saban in Alabama and Mike Leach in Mississippi State. Yeah, you're exactly right. Jeremy Pruitt would love it that way. If you're Tennessee, you want all the attention to be on Tennessee, especially from a regional standpoint to a national standpoint. So as far as getting the word out there about Tennessee and letting Tennessee be the main focus, I'm not saying Tennessee deserves to be the main focus because, quite frankly, it's it's not good enough to be right now. You're not going to outpull Alabama ever, you know, at least in this in this decade that we just came out of. Uh, you're not going to outpull Mississippi State with Mike Leach. I know Tennessee just beat Mississippi State, but now Mississippi, Mississippi State has Mike Leach, and so I'm sorry, you're not going to get more attention, Big Orange Country, than Mike Leach. Uh, again, Arkansas is nothing. Sam Pittman's an uh, unproven head coach. Probably not going to do anything, but Sam Pittman is hilarious. And he says things that are very funny. And he says things in a way that is very funny. And there are tons of Twitter videos out there, memes and and GIFs and everything of Sam Pittman. You know why? Because he's hilarious. So for Jeremy Pruitt to be in this group with Saban, Pittman, and Leach, from Tennessee's perspective, not that great. From Jeremy Pruitt, the coach doesn't care, probably likes it, flying under the radar, in, out, go home, goodbye. But that's just kind of where the league views Jeremy Pruitt in terms of being a dull personality. And, I mean, hey, I cover every single press conference Jeremy Pruitt has. I go to every game, okay? Every time Jeremy Pruitt takes to a mic, I'm there. Um, when he wants to be funny, he can be funny. Uh, when he knows how to play the game, he, he knows. But that's just, you know, he's he's who he is, and th- and that's fine. <laughs> he's not a very interesting person. You know, Mike Leach loves to talk behind the microphone. Loves it. Nick Saban hates it, but, hey, Nick Saban is – the best coach in America, okay? So, you know, at the college game. And so people are going to just gravitate towards him and hear what he has to say because what he says when he's talking football is gold. He sounds like a complete and utter asshole when he's not talking football because he's this entitled prick. But, hey, again, you win all those national championships, I guess you can act that way. But, you know, it is what it is. But when he's talking football, he's incredible, incredible to listen to, and you enjoy it. And so uh, you're going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of buzz there as well. So, that is Wednesday, July the 15th. I'll go through the days real quick. The SEC Media Days 2020 in Atlanta, Georgia will kick off with uh, Dan Mullen, Ed Orgeron, and Eli Drinkwitz. Okay, that is Florida, LSU, and Missouri. And I will I will say this. You know, the order I'm reading things off, it, it, the only thing we know right now is these coaches are going to go with the days that I say. We don't know the times yet. 
So if you see the list, I tweeted out a, a photo of the release that I got. You see the uh, the list, Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee's last. That doesn't mean that they're going to be last on Wednesday. They very well could be first. They could be second or third. We just don't know. It's that, that goes in alphabetical order. So we know the days. We just don't know the times. So Monday is going to be Dan Mullen, LSU, Florida. Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri, Ed Orgeron, LSU, Dan Mullen, Florida. I went about that in a completely confusing way, but that, that's what it is. LSU and Ed Orgeron, which is always a, an opportunity to uh, listen to him because he's funny, he's entertaining, and, well, he just came off a national championship. How are the Tigers going to reload without Joe Burrow? Got a wealth of, uh, of good playmakers coming back, but, you know, that'll be a buzz there. Dan Mullen in Florida, you went from four wins to ten wins, ten wins to eleven wins. Are you going to challenge Georgia for the crown in the SEC East this year? Of course, you're going to challenge him. Are you going to do it? That'll be the buzz there. And first, your head coach at, at Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, you're welcome for inviting you to the party. There you are. Tuesday, it will be Kirby Smart of Georgia, Mark Stoops of Kentucky, Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss, Derek Mason of Vanderbilt. All right, Kirby Smart of Georgia is kind of boring, but you know he's going to get the questions of, if not now, when? If not now, when? If not now, when? If not last year, when? Because you lost your entire offensive staff. You got a new quarterback, a new running back. Outside of Pittman, you have all these new receivers. You have new coaches all across the board. You know, Kirby, you have recruiting class after recruiting class after recruiting class at one 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 three one. Why haven't you won a national championship game yet? Why haven't you been back to the college football playoff? Those are the type of questions that Kirby Smart will be getting on Tuesday when he meets with the media. Mark Stoops of Kentucky, hey, had a, had a, had a banner year back in 2018. Last year you lost two quarterbacks, you played a wide receiver quarterback, and you still won eight games and went bowling. Uh, job well done. I think Mark Stoops has won a hell of a coach. Uh, but Kentucky's Kentucky. Uh, not a whole lot of buzz is going to be around that program at SEC Media Days. Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. Yes, the program is not good. You know, the, nothing gets you excited uh, for Vanderbilt football at all. But Derek Mason is really, really good interview. He's fantastic. Uh, John and Jimmy usually get him to come on Sports Talk, and he's awesome. Uh, Derek Mason's one of those coaches to where, you know how I said that you know how to play the game? Derek Mason knows how to play the game. He's very media savvy. He knows what to say, when to say it. You know, so Derek Mason is coming on Tuesday. What he will do is likely on Monday afternoon, he will bring his players down to do a lot of the interviews beforehand. And then, you know, the uh, the interviews that they have to do on Tuesday, he will bring them back to do. So, like, on Monday afternoon, Derek Mason will likely bring his three players and they will join shows on Radio Row, like, like John and Jimmy, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's how you do it. Derek Mason's a really good interview. He's a cool guy. I like Derek Mason. Um, not a very good head coach at Vanderbilt, at Vanderbilt, but, you know, uh, point being, he's going to be there on Tuesday as well. But here's the highlight of day two, Tuesday, in a crowded field of smart stoops, Mason. You get Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss, okay? Um, everyone's going to want to ask, you know, Lane, what's it like being back in the SEC, formerly at Tennessee? Are you going to stay at Ole Miss longer than one year? What's it like being back around Nick Saban? You were at Alabama, had success at Alabama, da da da. You know what? What you know? Every, Lane Kiffin's going to steal the show that day. That's just how it is. We've already gone over Wednesday of Nick Saban, Alabama, Sam Pittman of Arkansas, Mike Leach of Mississippi State, and Jeremy Pruitt of Tennessee. And now kicking off your or rounding out, excuse me, your 2020 SEC football media days in Atlanta, Georgia, from July 13th to July 15th, 16th, excuse me, on Thursday, when half the media field has already left. <laughs> You'll have Gus Malzahn of Auburn, Will Muschamp of South Carolina, and Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M. I think those are three guys that, um, if I had to pick, you know, maybe throw an Eli Drinkwitz in there. Maybe throw uh, 
maybe throw a Mark Stoops in there. But, you know, those three coaches, cool. They can be on the last day because, honestly, they're not very entertaining. And in the case of Will Muschamp, probably your last one. We said that about Will Muschamp last year for South Carolina, that that could potentially be his, his last SEC media days. Uh, but he outlasted it. Um, you know, Gus Malzahn, I think he can either be the coolest guy at the party or the weirdest guy at the party, literally depending on his mood. Uh, that's how, how uh, Gus Malzahn is. And then Jimbo Fisher, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, whoever has that afternoon slot on Thursday, there is literally nobody there. Nobody there. <laughs> There's like it goes from like 500 media personnel to like, I kid you not, like 13. <laughs> so anyway, that is the landscape. That is kind of the schedule. We don't know the exact times, but we know which teams and coaches will be on what days. Jeremy Pruitt will be on Wednesday, July the 15th, at the 2020 Football SEC Media Days. Uh, really excited to be on hand this year to run around, get interviews, uh, do some podcasting, join some radio shows. I'm really excited to be on hand and to bring you coverage from there back to our station and to this podcast, my other podcast, my Twitter account at underscore Kaner. I mean, we're a long ways away, but uh, it's exciting. I got I got pretty jacked up about it when, whenever I was sent the, the rundown yesterday. So uh, really excited about that. Wanted to give you my thoughts on what I think uh, in terms of positioning. You know, how does that affect Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt? That's kind of my thoughts. What Also, real quick before I head to this interview with Mick, what players do you think Jeremy Pruitt will bring for Tennessee? Without a doubt, 10 out of 10 every single time, Trey Smith will be there. Okay, Trey Smith could have been there a lot sooner, but we you know with the injuries to the blood clots and all that. Trey Smith will be there for sure. Um, do you take Jerry Garantano? Uh, he might not be your starting quarterback, but... He very well might be, and he's well-spoken. He's an upperclassman. Do you take Jerry Garantano? Do you take Henry Tuolto, even though he's a, a sophomore? Um, I would, without a doubt. My first two would be Trey Smith and Henry T., without a doubt. Henry T. knows how to talk to the media. He's around us all the time. Uh, he's Tennessee's best defensive player, yada, yada. I would take Henry T. and Trey Smith. Then the conversation, for me, comes into where's that third person come from. Uh, you would like some disparency there between the positions, but I think Brandon Kennedy would be an outstanding choice on the offensive line, uh, but you have Trey Smith there. Uh, could they take both? Yeah, but I, I, I don't think they will. Matthew Butler is good at speaking at the media, but you know you want your best players to go. Matthew Butler's a great role player, not one of your highlight players. Could you bring, oh, I don't know, Alante Taylor? That was, that was brought up by Heather on Sports 180 on Thursday. Yeah, that'd be a solid choice. Would you want to bring maybe uh, Josh Palmer? Maybe, you know, but outside of Trey Smith and Henry T, my opinion, you're kind of struggling there to find your, to find your other guy. I mean, Jerry Garantano is an easy pick, you know, but he might not be your starting quarterback. So you'll just have to see. Think about that. If you were Jeremy Pruitt and you were going to the SEC media days today, what players would you take? You don't take freshmen usually ever. Um, a lot of times you want to stay away from sophomores. You want to differentiate the positions. You get three. Who would your three choices be if you were going to SEC Media Days today for Tennessee Volunteers? Tweet me. Let me know what you think at underscore Kaner or Matthew Osborne. I know you're listening. Just go ahead and text me uh, what who you would take on the Tennessee's football team. All right. At underscore Kaner, this is the Gentleman's Hour podcast. It again, riding a little solo today, at least right now, uh, at Tyler Robbins at John underscore Stansel. We'll rejoin the program next week. Tyler's out being the mayor of Knox County today. <laughs> laugh, laugh. Mr. Stansel is continuing to travel, get some traveling days uh, under his belt this year in the year of 2020. So appreciate you guys hanging out. Wanted to give you some substance before I get into this interview. Uh, talk to Mick Gillespie. Again, I kind of introed it before 
Uh, we really got going with the show topic. Uh, used to do a show on the airways with Mick here on the station. Really enjoy getting to know him. He's one of those guys in the industry that you meet early on that says, hey, uh, who made an impact on your craft? And, and Mick certainly is that for me. He uh, hooked me up with countless connections in the baseball world. I mean, I've got, I've got World Series winning manager cell phone numbers in my phone. I mean, that's the type of connections. I'm not saying I'm their best friends, but I have reached out to them via my phone. I mean, those type of connections, media connections galore, um, make Gillespie very well-connected guy to know. And uh, if he likes you, he'll help you. And uh, he's got a lot of pull, especially around this region. So um, uh, really jacked up, really pumped to talk with Nick. Mick, excuse me, I spoke with Mick earlier this morning. Here is my conversation on Cub Spring training, the state of the baseball world right now, Rob Manfred, and his next big adventure. What is he doing out there in Phoenix, Arizona right now? This is my conversation with Mick Gillespie. Hey, Mick, appreciate you joining us here on the Gentleman's Hour podcast. You are out in Arizona just as you are in the Phoenix area each and every spring uh, prepping for Cactus League play. You and Lynn Casper uh, do the play-by-play and color commentary for uh, the Cubs spring training games. That's always exciting. How's the vibe out there at the start of camp? Well, it's great, and it's always good to talk to you, man. I miss the days of us having our own baseball show. Yes. So uh, it's fun to jump on this podcast with you. Um, you know, unfortunately, things have changed a lot since the last time we talked. The Cubs are no longer doing the webcast, so Len and I don't get to team up anymore. That's the bad news. The good news is that with the Marquee Sports Network debuting tomorrow, by the way, which is Saturday, uh, the 22nd, um, Cubs fans and really baseball fans will be able to watch all of the Cubs games. So that's the bad news. The good news for me personally, and the bad news is, is that, you know, up until this year, I was um, on the call for like 25 to 30 spring training games. But uh, tomorrow I'll be on radio in Chicago on the Cubs flagship station, uh, the score, 670 the score. So that's always fun. And I'll do that on radio. And then I've got a schedule of, TV game, so I'm getting to make my television Major League Baseball debut coming up awesome. in Las Vegas on March the 7th and 8th. I feel like uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, you know, like, hey, <laughs> check it out in Vegas. You know, maybe, maybe like Elvis, you know, back in the day when he used to have his show out there. Now I, I'm really excited though. Cubs and Reds will be my first TV game, and then um, you know I'll be out here tomorrow and kind of back and forth throughout spring. You know, it's funny. I will be in Vegas on March the 7th, so I know what I'm going to uh, turn it on in, in whatever casino I'm in that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're actually going to stick around in Vegas until the 10th. So the two games, and then after that, I'm either going to be really excited about how things went, or I'm going to be really depressed about how <laughs> things went. So I'm going to need, like, you know, some – some downtime uh, one way or the other, but it took a long time to get to do major league baseball television. And I mean, just from like a selfish, like broadcaster standpoint, um, you know, the, 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 this is a lot more high profile than doing the games on the web. Although I think, I still think that the, the games on the web had and will continue to have a great following. Um, but, you know, with Marquee debuting this year and starting and all that stuff, um, you know, it's just not in the cards, but it's been a lot of fun doing that. And then, you know, kind of switching gears now and trying to turn this face for radio into a face for TV. It's challenging. Um, I know. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. 
<laughs> different. It's a it's an entirely different animal. It really is, um, and, and that's. I mean, it's it's, it's fun. I I really enjoy it because you and I were radio guys. I mean, you have to fill nine innings of baseball each and every night, and you know me, I have to fill oftentimes three hours on the radio. But when you go into television, if it's a television talk show setting, you're in and out, and if you're you know calling a game on TV, it's you know the viewers at home can see it, so you don't you don't have to you know paint every stroke on that picture like you would on radio. But it's still it's a different. Uh, aspect it's a different angle it's a whole lot of fun and being able to be versed in both radio talk so talk show settings tv play-by-play i mean adding more tools to that tool belt it's it's really fun yeah well i mean like you know just talking from my standpoint it was getting to do so many games on television with uh sec network you know and sec network plus you know and and i did an entire season as play-by-play guy at Alabama for baseball. So I, I, it's just a repetition, you know. I think there were maybe 25 games that we did, um, you know, the first year that Alabama had the brand-new stadium, and, you know, it was a lot of fun. I've gotten to uh, to work at Lindsey Nelson Stadium with Tennessee on some games. Um, and then, you know, other sports as well. But just doing the baseball on TV is so much fun because – you get to work with a partner, you know, like I'm going to work with Jim Deshays. I was talking to Rick Sutcliffe yesterday at the batting cage about him coming on and doing some stuff. And, you know, he's got Bill Murray coming on at some point, you know, uh, to do TV with him. And um, just, the, you know, the, the exciting part of, uh, of getting to talk baseball with someone on television. And, and what I love the, and the people in East Tennessee know, I mean, I've been broadcasting games on uh, the Smokies radio for 13 years, you know, like I, I enjoy the theater of, of radio and, and describing things and painting the picture and knowing that if you want to see what happened, you either have to be at the game or be listening, you know, because yeah. uh, there's not a lot of venues for, uh, for radio, but doing TVs is fun because you get to work with someone else. Well, that's awesome, man. It's uh, exciting. I know this network's been in the making for quite some time. I know you've been looking forward to it. Now it's finally here. It's why I really wanted to, uh, you know, I was just thinking a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, I haven't heard from Mick in forever. I was like, I need to, I need to catch up with him. So uh, reaching out to you and, and getting your, your feel on everything was was important to me. So excited to talk to you, man. Let's shift gears now, talk a little Cubbies, um, ask you a couple questions about the Cubs. Man, what's the feel like in camp? Uh, you know, David Ross, Grandpa Ross is now at the helm, new leadership. Uh, Chris Braun's going to bat leadoff. Anthony Rizzo's going to bat second. A lot of exciting things going on with the Cubs as you head into the 2020 season. Yeah, I think David Ross wants to bring a little more discipline to the clubhouse, um, try to motivate the guys to prepare better for the games. And that's the vibe I've gotten from camp. You know, Javi Baez made uh, a comment a couple of days ago to the media saying that, you know, it, he felt like maybe him and some of the other guys weren't as prepared as they could have been last year. And, you know, they weren't really warmed up until the fourth inning. So I I don't really know what that means um, other than, you know, maybe they could have done more before the game to get ready. Um, That was one of the criticisms that, um, you know, that Joe Madden was getting, um, you know, from inside the organization, you know, maybe the team wasn't ready, but it's, it's hard to sit here and, second guess a a world series champion manager and someone that is beloved as much uh as joe madden you know but anytime you make a change you know like that you focus on what you need to do to improve and the cubs didn't make the playoffs last year so 
that was a disappointment. And, um, you know, Javi's the best player, maybe the, the second best player on the team. Chris Bryant, uh, obviously coming back is, is something that a lot of us didn't expect because there were so many trade rumors circulating, but he had a grievance that took a long time to get ironed out, you know, like where he basically was going back over, uh, the fact that the Cubs held him out of games to be able to have an extra year of arbitration. So it was going to be like, is he a free agent after this year or next year? It took a long time to get that done. So they couldn't trade him at that point. And like you said, you know, he's um, someone now who is on this team and and they're saying that he could be, he's going to be the leadoff guy. You know, that was kind of news. I I don't know how much of that stuff, um, you know, really sticks throughout the course of 162 games. But that was the big news from camp a couple of days ago. And then Rizzo batting second. So David Ross is going to try to do things the way that, that he's seen him work. And he's one of the, you know, one of the, 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 the winners in baseball. I wouldn't say one of the great players because, you know, he really wasn't a, a, a great player. He wasn't an all-star, but he was a winning player, you know. And so he's won. He's seen it not only in his days, you know, with the Cubs, but also with the Red Sox. And you got to remember now, I think he's the first guy to ever go to the College World Series in uh, consecutive years with two different teams. He he went in 97 with Auburn, and then he went with Florida in 98. So, I mean, he's just been around winning a long time. I think he wants to have stability with the lineup. And um, I'm very curious to see – um, you know, kind of how this thing plays out. But I think he's going to do a great job. And, and, you know, the front office feels very comfortable with him. Uh, I want to say that Theo even groomed him for this job. So he's ready for it. And um, it, it's it's one of those seasons for the Cubs where we've been talking about this for a while, that the transition, if, if things don't go well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs don't start trading off assets. For the Braves fans listening right now, the situation with Chris Bryant uh, in terms of arbitration, uh, it you know, especially listeners in East Tennessee, you remember Chris Brown at Smokey Stadium. He was all over the place. I mean, he was uh, – I, I remember – I'll tell the story often. I went to a game one summer when he had three home runs. And so, like, you're not going to forget that. He moves up to Iowa. Uh, and then the Cubs chose to keep him down in, in AAA in Iowa for the first whatever games it was, 25, 30 games, to gain another year of, uh, of, of control of him. The Braves did that with Ronald Acuna Jr. as well, if you remember. However – since then, the Braves have locked up Acuna Jr. for 10 more years, so it doesn't matter. But that's kind of the same situation here. You're talking about David Ross, and again, I've been a big David Ross fan. Um, he was the Braves' backup catcher for a couple of years. He, you know, As you pointed out, he had great success with the Red Sox, great success with the Cubs. Uh, he is a winner. It seems, it seems like everywhere he's been, he's been a winner. He was kind of that, uh, that, that leader, great clubhouse guy that every ball club needs back in 2016 uh, when the Cubbies won the whole thing. But, you know, he was best friends with a lot of guys. Now he's managing. So how do you think that transition? I know that the guys already have respect for him. But, again, you got to flip that switch now. You can't. You guys can't be boys anymore. There's got to be an authoritative figure and an authoritative presence there. How do you think that transition is going to go this year for, for Ross and Rizzo, Brian, and everybody else, Baez? Yeah, I got the feeling that he kind of had that role as leader when he was playing. You know, uh, he, he wasn't afraid to – get after someone, motivate someone, challenge someone if they needed that. And I don't think that's going to change at all with him as manager. He's a really smart guy. He's done a lot in his life. I mean, you talk about just the baseball part of it. 
you know, think about his personality on ESPN. You know, he was, he was a good commentator. He was in Dancing with the Stars. You know, yep. he's just been around people a lot. But he really wanted this job, and he knows that for the Cubs to have success, they're going to have to be disciplined. And I don't think he's afraid to bring that. Um, he's not there to make friends. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe him and John Lester, just because of their relationship together, you know, um, maybe different than him and some of the other players. I mean, remember, he was Lester's personal catcher, you know, like, and, and those guys kind of went from team to team together, which yeah. is crazy. But um, I don't think that means that he's not going to hold Lester accountable uh, or anyone else. I, I I don't even know that it would be an issue with, with John Lester, but um, there's definitely a new sheriff in town. And Ross knows what Theo and the front office wants. He also knows what worked in the past and what hasn't. And it's going to be his job, uh, you know, to go out there and, you know, and, and kind of be that force that lays down the foundation of discipline. I, I, I kind of wonder if because things were so lax and he's trying to get away from that with, you know, the style that Joe Madden has, is if maybe he's not the opposite. Maybe he's a, a lot more disciplinarian uh, this year, and then maybe, you know, as time goes on, fades that out a little bit. I've, I've always found this. When you're trying to, to like, work with people and, and, you know, discipline is part of the job that they have, whether it just be, you know, in the office having people show up on time or get their work done the right way, uh, you know, give a, give a great effort. It's, it's a lot easier to start off very, very tough, and then ease up on people. When you come in easy and then try to, you know, do it the other way, it doesn't, it just doesn't work, you know. So I'm guessing that he's probably going to be a lot more disciplined, um, you know, lay down the rules a lot more this year, and then he'll probably lighten it up as, you know, as the guys figure it out. But then again, maybe the guys know coming in too that they could have done better. Last year not making the playoffs should have been a wake-up call. Talking with Mick Gillespie, lead voice of the uh, Tennessee Smokies AA affiliate right here in East Tennessee. Also does a ton of work for the Chicago Cubs out there uh, in the Phoenix area for spring training as we speak. And uh, Mick, I wanted to, uh, before we get you out the door, I had to ask you because you, like me, very passionate about this game of baseball. We spent uh, a lot of time around it, you more so than me. Everything going on with the Houston Astros, the 2017 World Series title, 2018 Boston Red Sox, there's so many different layers to this subject, but uh, your thoughts on how things have played out uh, with Commissioner Rob Manfred and uh, you know Jim Crane and, and the whole nine. What are your thoughts on the whole situation right now? Well, I kind of feel like we're in the middle of, of this. I, I got a feeling there's going to be some more teams that pop up, obviously the Red Sox being next. I mean, they already fired Alex Cora, who was with the Astros, and then managing the Red Sox, and then the Red Sox won the World Series, and I'm I'm wondering if maybe they're not next, you know. But um, I, I just feel like when an organization takes a step back, a lot of times it comes right from the top. And, you know, I know that Rob Manfred means well, and, and he's you know most likely a nice guy. I don't know him personally, but it, it's obvious that this job is um, just it's, – it's just way too difficult – for him right now um the the baseballs the juice baseballs i thought was uh you know was was not a good thing um you know him wanting to eliminate 42 minor league teams you know not good for the game and then and then this 
is is just mind blowing. I mean, it, it just defies common sense, you know. And I understand. Well, I had to, you know, he had to give uh, immunity to find out what really happened, or at yeah. least that that was the, uh, you know, the, the way that it was sold to us. But um, at the same time, you know, you got guys that 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 cheated, that won a championship because of that, and have gotten zero punishment. And I don't find, you know, well, the the public opinion. Um, you know, being a punishment, you know, I think that they should vacate the world series. Uh, and honestly, I, I hope, I wish the owners would take a look at Manfred and, and, and maybe go a different direction with the leadership. Uh, Bud Selig did, a, did an excellent job of, um, you know, of, of, of managing baseball for years. And we've had a, you know, a succession of, of very good commissioners, but you know, this, this whole thing uh, has been for the last couple of years, you know, kind of one, nightmare after the next and what happens is you, you hire a person and a lot of times you 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 sit there and you wait because well you know what um you make excuses with the you know and and i mean i'm just going to use tennessee football as an example i remember when tennessee fired philip palmer which at the time i thought was a bad idea i say well who who's the guy that you're bringing in next you know and then and then you know lane kiffin comes in and and you know we all know the story there really didn't have East Tennessee values every day was something else, you know, and then, and then the way he left and then you bring in, you know, Derek Dooley. And, but, but my point is, is before you know it, you go from one of the, the best football programs in college football year after year to, you know, where it was just a disaster. And I, and I, and, you know, at some point somebody came in and said, Hey, you know what, we need to make a, di- we need to make a change and then find the right person to make a change. I saw the same thing at Alabama football. They, you know, and I'm just using these as an example, but uh, Gene Stallings leaves. They bring in, you know, Mike DuBose, and, and Mike DuBose reminds me a lot of, you know, of um, of Manfred, you know, where you, you yeah. realize, like, the guy's over his head with this job, and then before you know it, you know, and that's that's on a smaller scale. I mean, you put this now with all the money and everything else that's involved uh, with with baseball. I don't I don't think the owners – realize how much damage they're doing right now to the game. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why. The, the thing that worries me the most is I grew up a boxing fan. I'm a huge boxing fan. Matter of fact, I can't wait for Deontay and Fury coming up, yeah. you know, tomorrow, the side note. But I, and I keep telling people, I'm like, you know, you, you don't realize how big boxing was. And I said, the reason why is that people love boxing. And then it, the credibility of the game started to come into question. You know, you would watch these fights. And the winner of the fight would not win. You know, the scoring was bad. The referees were paid off. You know, the integrity of the sport took a hit. And you turn around and, and boxing has become, you know, such a secondary sport now, even with, you know, this great heavyweight battle. I don't think that the owners in baseball uh, realize yet it, that they're gambling right now with the future of the game. Uh, with with Fred Man- with Fred Manfred, I mean, uh, yeah, with uh, with Manfred. I think that you you go ahead and you move him out, and I'm sorry, Rob Manfred. Um, Fred Fred Manfred was a Orioles broadcaster. By the way. <laughs> uh, you you you. Uh, I think you go ahead and move him out, and and find someone that can bring more stability and and common sense to this thing. Um, you know, and, and just try to get this thing fixed before it's too late. But I love the game. You love the game. Uh, and I just don't want to see it damaged anymore. But I, honestly, I, as long as he's the commissioner, I, I'm just not real confident that things are going to get turned around.
See, this is why I wish we still had our show because uh, there's uh, an hour's worth of topics I want to talk to you about, and a lot of it has to do with this because I, like you, have very strong opinions about Rob Manfred and how this whole thing has gone uh, gone about, but uh, we'll just have to continue on uh, to catch up throughout these podcasts. Hey, Mick, last thing before I let you go. I know you've got a, a busy day ahead out there in, in Arizona. Um, something you just brought up, uh, one of uh, one, so, you know, one of the initiatives that Rob Manfred has done so far here in the 2020 season is uh, the trying to the uh, do the elimination of 42 minor league ball clubs. Uh, you know that that affects communities. That affects a lot of times, you know, uh, the communities that have you know played host to a minor league baseball team for 50, 60 years. You know, I was spent two summers in the Appalachian League. He's trying to gut that entire league, and there's teams in the Southern League, uh, you know, alongside the Tennessee Smokies that have been affected by this. How do you think this all plays out, and where are we in that? Uh, in that process with Manfred trying to eliminate 42 minor league ball clubs? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I've, you know, there's, there's a feel among some owners that, that these teams uh, are really irrelevant. They want to take the money and pay the, the players in the upper levels more. So, you know, that, that, that they're, um, you know, that their living goes up, you know, it's a, it, but I, I just, I can't, honestly, I just, I just shake my head and, and really can't believe it. I, I think part of it is, you know, this generation of of player uh, are, are just, are you know, are just entitled. You know, like the, the, it's the minor leagues. You know, I mean, it's kind of the, the way that it is. Like it's not the major leagues. You you grind it through and, and move on. You know, it's not a career. It's it's kind of like a summer camp. You know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's money there, you know, to pay them more, and I'm glad they're getting paid more. But the, uh, you know, kind of the, the entire rite of passage has been, you know, going to these small towns and, and working through uh, to different levels of baseball to get to the major leagues. It's not like the minor league teams are, are profiting a lot, believe me. You know, the, the profit margin for these teams is really small, and you constantly have to upgrade your facility to um, – you know, to, to keep people engaged. And we've seen that with, with, with the Smokies or even in Johnson city, another team that Boyd sports operates, yeah. uh, you know, but, but at the same time, I get the argument from, from major league baseball uh, where they're saying, Hey, you know, some of these facilities like, like Chattanooga, I used to work with the lookouts and I, I have a lot of love for, for Chattanooga. Um, but when Frank Burke sold the team, the, you know, the new owners haven't done anything to really upgrade the facility. As a matter of fact, every time I'm in there, it, it deteriorates a little bit more. And it's a, it's a shame, you know. And I guess the hope is that, well, we're going to tear this one down and, and build a new one. Well, now all of a sudden it looks like, you know, Chattanooga w- won't have a baseball team, which to me is just astonishing because it's a really great minor league city. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a culpability with the ownership of these teams and the cities to uh, you know, to improve, keep improving the facilities for the players. You know, Randy Boyd, he went and and put you know nine hundred thousand dollars in the Smoky Stadium just on player upgrades, the locker room, the, the you know the batting cage, the workout facility. You know, so so those guys would feel like, hey, you know what, like South Bend and the Cubs organization, the you know they would be happy as well. Now, Randy's. Um, you know, a diamond in the rough when it comes to, to minor league owners. But mm-hmm. baseball baseball just needed to go out and set kind of guidelines on, you know, hey, look, the facilities need to do this or you, you, you could lose your team. I don't think taking 42 teams away is a great idea. But the thing that bothers me the most 
is that uh, what is the guy's name? Jeff Lunau, the the um, you know the guy that got kicked out of baseball for a year. Yeah, the, former maybe former Astros uh, uh, yeah. general manager. Yeah, maybe the mastermind of this cheating. We'll never know. But um, this guy is really not a good person. I mean, you know, and and he built this organization that won a World Series around tanking and cheating, you know, like, hey, we, we, we got rid of all of our players. We lost on purpose. We got high draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, set up this thing where they, you know, they, they were stealing signs and who knows what else, you know, because, I mean, you know, we, that's only what we've been told. But um, he also fired a bunch of his scouts the year that, that the uh, Astros won the World Series, you know, like, well, obviously we don't need these guys anymore. All the scouts that, that uh, you know, that, that found the players that won the World Series for him. And then uh, he's the guy who is kind of the was, the, was the mastermind behind, hey, we don't need as many minor league teams. We'll just throw these guys in a sports complex and, you know, we'll, we'll have like uh, extended spring. You know, instead because of he these, took the um, team out of Greenville in the Appalachian League just a couple of years ago, and now that's when the Reds stepped in and and Boyd as well. So you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that's kind of my point behind this. You know, so so he's he's not he's also the guy that that has come up with this you know this idea that that we need to get rid of um, you know that all these all these teams. So it's it, it's just kind of one of those things where I look at it and I say to baseball, you know, hopefully they'll make. Um, you know, a smart decision here and, um, you know, it, at least sit back for three years, maybe set out some guidelines for some of the facilities to improve and, and, uh, and keep going. There's a lot of people in player development who hate this idea, but they're afraid to really voice it because they don't want to go against what their ownership thinks, you know? Yeah. So if ownership's saying, well, we, we can, you know, get rid of these teams because we don't have to pay for them, you know, but but the the sad part is it's when you look at the grand scheme of the game, it's not a lot of money that you're talking about to operate, you know, a team in Johnson City or a team in Greenville. You know, the entire Appy League supposedly is going to be gone. So uh, I I hope that baseball comes to their senses. Um, the other thing is if you pull these teams out, you're going to continue to deteriorate the uh, the you know the growth of the game of baseball. Um, I, I sometimes I, I look at at Manfred and, and the direction that he's trying to take baseball, you know, with the juice balls and getting rid of teams and, you know, not disciplining the, um, you know, the players in this in this scandal. Or at least if you're not going to discipline the players, vacate the championship. Right. Then then that takes care of everything. Hey, your World Series, it, does, it, it didn't happen. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I look at this him calling the. Uh, you know the the World Series championship, a piece of metal, which I just could absolutely could not believe he said. Uh, but he told us he was tired. That's why he said that. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and I feel like I feel like he's like been sent over from Russia to uh, you know to infiltrate the game and destroy. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's all happened here in the last like 2020 calendar year. This is the span of like seven or eight weeks. It's it's been incredible to be honest with you. Well, if the owners if the owners ignore this. And, and they don't make a move on him and find the right person, um, th- this game could suffer greatly. Maybe it won't, you know. I, I, some people feel like the game's bigger than that, but I don't know, man. You know, after watching the way that boxing just collapsed, um, you know, I, and I'm curious. I'm curious to see. And I, and I just hope that, I'm, you know, that my 
you know, that my fears are, are, are wrong and that everything is fine. You know, that it turns out to not be a big deal, but we'll find out. Mick, love uh, love catching up with you, man. Love hitting on a number of topics. Um, when you get back from Arizona, we need to head on over, call a couple games at Smoky Stadium, go out and get some wings and beer and catch up. I appreciate you. Uh, I miss doing a show with you, and uh, I look forward to uh, – t- hey, tell everybody listening right now, uh, the, the launch of the new network, how can we watch you, how can we follow your work for spring training over the next month or so? Yeah, yeah, man. And I, like you, man, I, I miss our show. It was a uh... A lot of fun, man, Saturdays, oh, yeah. doing that show together. But, uh, but look, yeah, the Marquee Sports Network, it's, um, I don't know that it's available in our area, but if you get the MLB at that app and you get the um, TV stream for Cubs games, you'll be able to watch it. It'll be the okay. Cubs broadcast. Or, say, if you go to, you know, your, you know, your local, you know, place that has the baseball package on tv you'll you'll be able to watch those games so uh if you want to catch me it'll be march 7th and 8th cubs and reds from vegas that'll be the uh the first two games i'll be on again in march um from arizona and we'll see what happens after that and again if you're a baseball fan and you don't even have the mlb at bat app i encourage you to question if you're not uh, a baseball fan to begin with because that <laughs> that bat app is amazing so uh, looking forward to it, man. We'll keep up with you. I appreciate you, and uh, have have fun, man. I look forward to uh, catching up when you get back, okay? All right. Take care, brother. Always fun to chat with Mick, and I uh, hope you enjoyed that lengthy conversation. But we hit a little bit on, on everything. We talked Rob Manfred, Houston Astros. We talked minor league baseball. We talked Chicago Cubs. Talked a little Tennessee Smokies. Talked about what he's doing out there, his new venture with his network. Um, so it was a lot of, that was a good conversation. Really enjoyed talking with Mick. And I uh, hope you did as well. Go back and listen to him and, and go check him out, man. He'll be out there in, uh, in, in the Arizona area covering the Cactus League there for the next uh, couple weeks or so. Um, it's funny because he talked about, you know, doing a TV game in Vegas. I'm going to be in Vegas when he's in Vegas. So we might have to meet up and uh, get into a little trouble. That might be some fun. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast here today. Again, Eric Kane, Rodden Solo, Tyler Robbins, John Stansel will be back next week. Appreciate it as always. Go back and listen if you want to get some thoughts, my thoughts, on the lineup for the SEC Media Days. Again, Jeremy Pruitt and his three players will be uh, sometime on day three, Wednesday, July the 15th, along with Nick Saban of Alabama, Sam Pittman of Arkansas, and Mike Leach of Mississippi State. Uh, For Eric Kane, that's myself. I'll try that again. For Tyler Ivins and John Stansel, I am Eric Kane. You have been listening to uh, the Gentleman's Hour podcast right here on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Another Gentleman's Hour podcast is in the books with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. Chat with the guys on Twitter, at Tyler Ivins and at underscore Kaner. It's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal.